0: them living and we're going to talk about that again today and just start to unpack uh, one of the elements of what this love looks like. And I wanted to start with this video clip that I saw uh, that I found on YouTube. And these whoever they are, they're out on the street and they are interviewing people about who Christ is and how Christ lived his life. And then they ask Christian that they ask people on the street um, about Christians and what how Christians live their life and they're trying to obviously get a comparison between jesus and his followers and so i want us to look at this and i want us to listen to the words and there are some similarities but there are incredibly some incredible differences as well and then i want to ask us the question is why that is why is it that the followers of christ uh or people's perceptions of some followers of christ is quite different from their perceptions of the christ himself so guys if we can run that clip that'd be cool Good guy. Um, love, compassion, um, diversity. Easter, loving, bearded, kind. Got a good op- opinion of Jesus Christ, that's for sure. Excellent man, wonderful. Sure, I had a religion after him. My savior, actually. Jesus was the first punk rocker. Yeah? Yeah. He's, he's pretty cool, and I like him a lot. Savior. Black. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I think it's good. That's, a, that's Jesus. What else would you think of? I'm definitely um, altruistic, philanthropy, loving, peaceful, sincere, out of touch, uh, hopeful. On their part, they're hoping for something they're not going to uh, get, I believe. Um, psycho, uneducated, backward, the South. I think of somebody that's possibly just a little bit, um, a little bit overboard, a little bit extreme. My Uncle Bob, um, conservative, white. Fanatical. Bible thumpers, Crazy. <laughs> People who wear white and, like, kind of glow, but are kind of freaky. Yeah. And, um, taxes? I think, I think there's a lot of stig- stigma attached to that word. I can't answer that. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. Frightening. Yeah. Yeah. And just overpowering. Overpowering. Yeah. You don't want to know. Somewhat scary? Um, maybe a little rigid in their, in their dogma and their philosophy. Okay. Oh, um, nothing too good. Now really, you know, some of those views you could say radical well, we're called to be radical. And so I when I when I watch that, you know, some of the views of people are actually how the church is supposed to be, you know. Um, single-minded. Well, we are, on one aspect, absolute truth, believing that He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life. There are no other ways to Him. And so really, it's also context behind what they're saying. But at the same time, I think you can see a picture that's forming between Christ and who He was, and how He loved, and how He expressed Himself on the earth, and then also how the church has, has expressed itself on the earth. And, you know, from that reality, there's a gap between those two things. And it's my heart, my passion, and what I'm living for is to see that gap get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Because the church loves the Father with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is the first commandment, the greatest commandment, and the depth behind that commandment is so incredible. And we shared last week how so often we can just take that and we take it like the plaque on the wall and then we move off and we want to just consume ourselves with doing ministry. And yet Jesus said to his disciples, he is the new commandment I give you today is to love one another as I have loved you. And so there's a, there's, a, there's a challenge in there that we are to love. I'm to love Paul and Anne and Simon and everyone else here as Christ loves me. A selfless, sacrificial Love. Well, I can only do that if I know the Father. I can only do that with the love of the Father that's within me. That's why our purpose is knowing Him. Everything starts at knowing Him. It's very hard to do that, or you can only do that for a portion of time in your own will and strength, then it runs out. That's why you see marriages falling over, because people come into it with, what am I going to get out of this marriage, not what I'm going to give, and how do I lay my life down for my wife? So she actually wants to submit And together there's this beautiful process that that underpins itself. And so there's this challenge for us. And I'm believing to to be part of a community, and I am, but also in the formation of it, where that gap is getting shorter and shorter and shorter because the rock community are loving like Christ loves and are allowing the God of this universe to form that love in us through faith and through obedience to Him and to His will which will cost you and I something, won't it? Because this love is costly. This love cost him his whole life. But then he rose again, as we know, and he says to us, will you pay this cost? Will you deny self, meaning the old nature, come follow me and lay it down for me and others? And will you offer the same grace card that empowers change that I offered you, Greg? And that's my dream. That's what I believe that the Bible preaches, to see a kingdom community. And it's not just for the rock. It's for the entire church. It's for every single person that calls himself a follower of Jesus is to see this kingdom reality outlived in their heart as an individual but also expressed as a community of people because in numbers we have greater power than an individual. And so imagine four... 500 600 people here that call the rock their home manifesting this love to a world and their father that very quickly would would multiply in numbers tenfold because it's exactly what the world is looking for it's exactly what every human heart needs and asks will i can i love and will i be loved it's the very thing every child needs to know it is love and can it love is it being raised with love and unconditional love not conditional love that's human but unconditional love that empowers and transforms. And this is what we're going to be talking more and more about. And, and um, it's what I started talking about last week in John thirteen thirty four. And I gave us three things in, the, in this passage where Jesus says, a new commandment I give you today is to love one another as I have loved you. And I said, it's a commandment. I said, it's not a good idea. It wasn't just a thought that he pulled out of a wheat bicks box. He said, no, no, this has come straight out of heaven. It's a commandment. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. You see, it's not this sort of willy-nilly thing where you decide whether you do it or not. He is Lord. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he demands obedience, but from a position of love. And he says, if you would actually lay your life down, if you would come under this lordship, and this is what I said last week, that's not a heavy thing, that's a freeing thing. Actually, freedom comes when we do it his way. Life comes when we do it his way. Peace, joy come as you do it his way. And it's very simple, but I know in my own heart, sometimes that's where the war rages. Because I have this thing that wants to do it my way, and I think my way's best, but I've got to trust and obey and step out in faith and believe that actually, you know what? His way is better for me. And so it's a commandment. Then we said we have to love one another as he loves. And as we do that, this, this love points towards him. So people are drawn towards him because it says that the church would be one and love like this. The world would know that Jesus was sent for them. I think that is the most phenomenal thing that the church arrives at a point. Remember, the church is you and I as an expression of the body of Christ, that love is emanating from us for one another to a point where a world who does, know, does not know God, who is actually an enemy to God, actually sees this people and know that the Father was sent for them because of the love, the hope, the joy, the generosity that's being manifested through God's people to an earth. See, that's what God had intended when He created you and I. That was the purpose of God for the church on earth when He created us, and then that would manifest itself in a wedding. We are being ready, being made ready for a wedding. Incredible. We are to be expressed the Father's love on the earth through the church. It's way more than just praying a prayer and getting your ticket to heaven. That's step one. Of about a 50 million step process called life, where you allow the truth and the word and the love of the Father to transform you that you literally become his representation on the earth as a whole, as a whole being that expresses love. That's my heart and my dream to see that birth more and more here at this community. That's what I 'm signing up for as not the senior leader, just as a follower of Jesus. To go, oh, I want to be partner. I want to partner with fellow brothers and sisters to see that reality become a reality here on earth. How many people know that no person could resist that type of love? Because it's the love of Him. If you know Him, you can't resist Him. You, you, I've try, I tried. I tried, but when you're marked, you're marked. He just keeps coming. He keeps coming. And I know me, I tried to turn him away. No, no, no. He just keeps coming. I believe personally that's the love the Father wants coming through you and I. But it starts for one another. It starts for Him first as you allow Him to transform you and then it moves through to the person right beside you. You see, the reality is it's actually easier to love someone who has nothing. It's easier to go to Cambodia, see poverty, see a child on the side of the street who has nothing and allow your heart to be moved for that person. That's awesome, isn't it? And that's part of the work we're doing. But the reality is it's easier for that to happen than to love the person right beside you. To love your wife or your husband with an unconditional love. It's way harder. That's my experience anyway. You've got it all together. You don't need anything. And this attitude that's coming out of you, it stinks. How am going to love that. But this poor broken person who's homeless and they have nothing, oh, and there's these feelings just come pouring forth. How come these feelings don't come pouring forth this way for when someone messes up? Maybe messes up in their marriage. Maybe a guy crosses the line or a woman crosses the line and goes somewhere they shouldn't go. Maybe they mess up in business. Maybe they mess up. Maybe, how come that love is not over this side for these people? Because I've got feelings to do this, but I don't have feelings to do this. Well, the Bible says we don't live by feelings, we live by faith and obedience. Not based on feelings. God gives us feelings, He gives us emotions to worship Him. But if we're making every decision based on that, we're in trouble. Because I know my feelings, and my feelings go up, down, and all around the place. There's times when I don't feel like coming here, there's times when I don't feel like being a senior leader. There's times when I just feel like going and sitting on a beach and going. <clears throat> <laughs> I've had enough. Anyone else? <laughs> times when I don't feel like being married. I don't feel like being a dad. I don't feel like watching Liverpool. But <laughs> <laughs> last week I really felt like being an England rugby fan. Happens every 10 years. <laughs> and God says, I want you to base this on faith. I want you to bait this love on, on obedience. It's going to require that because at times you're not going to feel like loving the person beside you. And it's easier to just run away and do ministry. It's easier to run away and say, but I've got this gift and I want to fulfill this gift. And that's all good. But is it firstly anchored in the first and greatest priority of the Father, which is a commandment? Because then when you actually go, do you know what? A world will see this love emanating, not just someone who's spouting off some truth, but they'll actually see it. So we are to become it and we are to proclaim it because that's where the power of God really is in the formation of those two things within us. And I'm convinced this is what Jesus meant when he said in Matthew, I will build my church. I will build my church. I love those words I the Christ will build my church he wasn't talking about services they help he wasn't talking but he's talking about you and I not a religious institution not an organization I the Lord of Lords will build my people to reflect me And my Father, if they will allow me, if they will allow the process to happen, I will build my my people. They will reflect my Father's love. They will reflect my love. They will operate in love and power. But love first, then power second, because power without love is dangerous. We see that. We see a whole expression of that on the earth through the church at the moment. All this power, not attached to love, ends up in weird land. Absolute weirdness, and there's a lot of that happening. But this modeling of, this expression of, and I shared last week about this manifold posture, this manifold wisdom of God being expressed through the church, and that it activates something in the heavenly realm that they're waiting for is the appropriation of the father's value system being modeled in the earth through you and i that's what i'm laying my life down for here that's what our whole purpose is about that's what knowing him love and others walking together is all about that won't cost me something that'll cost me everything (laughs) did you hear that won't cost me something it'll cost me everything but in the giving of the everything i will find everything That's what's so incredible about this kingdom wineskin. It's so back to front, but actually it's the right way round. We're the ones that are back to front. Should I say that again? We look at it and we think it's back to front, but only because we perceive it through a back to front lens. It's the right way round. We're the wrong way up. Because we all start the wrong way round. We all start thinking of self, but this is selfless. This is sacrificial. This is all about what I want. And we even come to this building with that mindset. Let's be honest. I have, I still continue to do. What I want to get out of this rather than what am I coming to lay down and give? How do I give to the person beside me, not get from them? How do I come always with a heart and posture of going with this attitude of I'm serving and I come to give? See, so many people enter marriage with this. What am I going to get from this person? And when the getting stops, I go find it through somebody else. And when that stops, I go find it through somebody else. But Jesus said, men, you are to love your wives as I love you. You are to love the church as I love. Well, that's a selfless, sacrificial kind of love that lays its life down for another just a little tangent men if we would actually appropriate that love through being in a relationship with the father your wife would submit to you like that you know why because she would want to she's wired to because your love is so extravagant who wouldn't the love of the father in you is so incredible every woman is designed and wired to submit to that love like we are under him So submission isn't a negative thing. It's the greatest word in the Bible, one of them. And the onus is on the men to model this thing to a wife, his wife, and and family members, children. Well, that, you can take that model and express it across the whole church because it's the role of the church now. That's why God gives us a marriage as an environment in which this thing would actually grow into an expression of the body. And you can live this whether you're married or not. So hear me, I'm not talking about everyone has to get married. None of that sort of stuff. It's a posture of heart. It's a kingdom posture. See, community is not where you live. Firstly, community is a heart posture and a heart expression that is modeled through God's people. So we can live and we do live all over Wellington, but we come here, actually this is community right now. Then the second part, it can be, I live in Camborne, so that is my community. But how many people know that just because I live physically in a place doesn't mean anyone shares that heart posture? In fact, it's radically different. But there can be. But community, firstly, is nothing to do with geographic. It's to do with a love. It's to do with an appropriation. It's to do with a heart posture and thinking and a mind that is completely one in nature. It's called the body of Christ. And that body is expressed here at Arise, at the street, as a whole of that life and every other expression of him on the earth, which is unique and different in itself, but actually is one at the same time. Does that make sense? So what does this love look like that we're talking about? By through obeying his commandments of loving God and, and loving one another what does it actually look like because we have to be present day proof that God's love is alive and well you and I he doesn't need us but he invites us I love this you don't have to serve you get to serve what a mindset that is oh, I have to turn up here and play guitar and lead these people into your presence God I get to Come here early, play guitar, seek you, and experience you as an individual and together as a community. What a privilege that you allow me the honor of doing that. Different wineskin, eh? Different heartbeat from that person that the person that's like, ah, oh, it's just a drag. See, God is more interested why you obey than if you obey. Why do we do what we do? He's trying to work a motivation of himself in us so his love can channel through us. So my main script today is going to be 1 John 3, 16. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. 1 John three sixteen. We know love by this, that he, Christ, laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for for the brethren. I love that. You'll know it. World will know, they'll see it expressed. The church will see it, know it as it's expressed. As the church itself activates the first or the new commandment, so it's not a it's not a new one in the sense that it's better than that. the greatest commandment is love God, then love the person beside you. And it's selfless and sacrificial in nature. Let me read you this cool story. Many years ago when I worked as a volunteer at Stanford Hospital, I got to know a little girl named Liz who was suffering from a rare and serious disease. Her only chance of recovery appeared to be a blood transfusion from her five-year-old brother who had miraculously survived the same disease and had developed the antibodies needed to combat the illness. The doctor explained the situation to her little brother, "'and asked the boy if he would be willing "'to give his blood to his sister. I saw, this, "'I saw him hesitate for only a moment "'before taking a deep breath and saying, "'Yes, I'll do it if it will save Liz.' "'As the transfusion progressed, "'he lay in bed next to his sister and smiled, "'as we all did, seeing the color returning to her cheeks. "'Then his face, his face grew pale and his smile faded.' He looked up at the doctor and asked with a trembling voice, when will I start to die right away? Being young, the boy had misunderstood the doctor. He thought he was going to have to give his sister all of his blood. That's pretty powerful. He didn't understand what he was about to do. In the fullness of that, he thought what he did, he understood he thought he was going to have to die. And he laid his life down for his sister. The Bible says, you'll know. You'll know my disciples. You'll know my followers. You'll know my church, the one that I'm building. You'll know her by the way they love and lay their lives down for one another. And that's the challenge that faces us. Because it is way easier. It is, trust me, it is so much easier to get on a plane and go 14,000 miles to a place called Cambodia and have your heart broken. But, and that's right and we're going to do that but what about going two feet to your left one foot behind you and having the same heart posture because Wellington City needs God's love just as much as Phnom Penh does. Camborne community needs the Father's love just as much as you do. And this is our challenge, but this is once again what I believe God is building here and going to continue to to build uh, through us. Listen to this. I'm just going to read this out so I get this all down. Selfless and sacrificial love walks in the tension of laying one's life down for another at the expense of self while at the same time being firm and strong and speaking the truth in love with boldness no matter what the cost to oneself it's not a love that you become a doormat for somebody we need to walk in these two tensions there are times when God will ask you in love to confront an issue in a brother or a sister's life. And that may actually cost you relationship. That may cost you your head. To stand for him will cost you at times. Now you go with respect, and you go in gentleness, and you go in love, but really in the spirit, it's actually quite aggressive in nature, because you're confronting something in love that you want the other person to come into. And that may even happen to you, where someone comes to you as well. And so it's, long-suffering like Christ was the Bible says that Christ's heart is that no one would perish and God is so patient with us and he waits and he waits and he waits and he keeps coming and he keeps coming and he keeps coming but that time will run out and so there's this long-suffering love the sacrificial this the surrendering love but at the same time that same love is confrontational in truth and spirit Can you hear what I'm saying? It's not this, well, I'm going to tell you everything that you've done wrong, love. It comes with a harder love because you can maybe see someone who's in bondage or in something that needs to hear truth. See, Jesus wasn't killed for doing signs and wonders, was he? Think about this. Jesus wasn't killed for feeding the 5,000. Jesus wasn't killed for getting people saved. He wasn't killed for all the good works things that he did. He was killed for telling the truth. He was killed for preaching truth to a religious system and a religious institution that couldn't handle the very truth that he came to bring to the earth because it wasn't postured to receive. It was still consumed with its own posture. They didn't want to miss him. They prayed for him. They were awaiting him. But when he turned up in this thing of love and the sacrificial love, the surrendering kind of love, they didn't get him. And then he actually, by love, got in front of them and actually got in front of them close enough to get his head lobbed off for the Father. How many people realize, I don't reckon Jesus really felt like doing that. There's times in my life when when I've had to confront and will continue to have to confront. You don't feel like doing it. Anyone feel like conflict resolution with people? You don't skip into those places going, oh, we've got some conflict resolution today at work, haven't we? No, it requires every bit of boldness and courage and strength to come to a brother and sister, your own wife at times or your husband, and confront some things and stand there going, yeah. And you hope that that's received and how it's brought and acknowledged so both can come into freedom and be released and move forward together. Danielle won't mind me showing this. You know, she came forward six weeks ago at that service in October twenty eighth, and she acknowledged some things. My wife truly repented of some things in her own heart, and I have seen the freedom and the life and the power come into her world in six weeks Where the floodgates have opened because she actually truly repented of something and allowed the kingdom to come, was confronted, submitted, repented, and life. Man, it's incredible. She was awesome before. Now, I don't know what the words are. (laughs) Yeah, crazy awesome. It's just incredible. See, Jesus demonstrated it for us. Everything he did, he demonstrated it, that we would model it. You see, sometimes we think, I can't do that. That's Jesus. He had a cape on and some tights on and he flew around the place. He's outside of my reality. Rubbish. He was a man on earth submitted to the father allowed the father through the holy spirit and his word he was the word to come forth to demonstrate some things he even says you'll do greater things than what i've done there's an authentic posture position in the church that we are to walk in and the enemy is trying his darndest to counterfeit it and to complicate it and send us into weird land at the same time dead land But there is an authentic posture that Jesus wants. That's why we have to walk together, submissive to one another, loving one another, to be able to appropriate this fine thing called a plumb line. And it's really skinny. And as a community of people get closer and closer to the cross and walk in it, you know what? The opposition gets stronger and stronger and stronger. That's why God says, put on love. You're going to have to actively choose it if you're going to walk in this because you've got an opposition that's coming to take you out. Now, he has no authority. We have the authority, and we speak to that, but he's very crafty, and he comes to mess up the church. He comes to bring division. He comes to bring disunity. He comes to bring everything so the church doesn't appropriate what God wants it appropriated on the earth to bring glory to him. And it starts with you and I, what? Loving him and loving one another. See, Jesus said this. He said, signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Stop being so consumed with all the supernatural realm and follow me, which is just as, and not more, supernatural. And get to know me at a level you've never got to know me through revelation. Those things will just be an outworking of that relationship. You won't have to go to training colleges to learn how to do that. You'll just do it. A cow doesn't think to chew grass. It just chews grass. Why? Because it knows it's a cow. It doesn't go to the school of cow to learn how to chew grass. A baby knows it feeds on its mother's milk. Why? Because it doesn't go to the school in the womb of, you know, when you come out of this thing, you're going to feed on your mother's breast. It comes out. It just naturally knows because it knows who it is. Those who believe come to know me, knowing him. You know him at a revelation. It will move in these things. But you don't worship those things. You worship me. Here's another reason why. The enemy's coming to counterfeit this. He's going to come in signs and wonders, false apostles, all these things. You better know him to be able to discern the difference between the works of Christ and the work of the enemy. Where does it start? Let's love him. Let's love one another. Do you know what? There's so much power in that. God says it's so simple, doesn't he? And you know in the simplicity, that's just too simple. Anyone like that? You like that at all? I'm like that. That's just so simple. There has to be more. There just has to be more than that. Anyone else? You know. Because see, in our human intellect, we're so, I think we're so creative at times, we have, to, we have to create more. And that's awesome, and that's still cool. And behind that statement, love me, love others, there's a depth of, of purpose that God wants us to come into. But it's so easy to get distracted by all this stuff and miss the core commandment. Because behind that core commandment is our eternal purposes as well. So he's really looking for someone who does love him with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. He really is looking for a body that love him like that. It's not just thoughts. He really is looking. He's looking for a heart that pumps like his. He's looking for a body that pump with what he pumps with. A body that's so generous an expression of everything it has because that's what he is. He's looking for a body that lays its life down for one another, that gives in an abundance—not on a mount, but a heart posture of giving, where there is no need, there is no lack, because it's consumed within the body itself. It's a selfless, sacrificial people. Anybody want to be part of that? If you say yes to that, and you really mean it then you're going to go on a roller coaster ride with him, which will, it hurts. It's going to hurt. It won't be easy. You won't feel like it at times. There'll be times when it won't feel good. There'll be times when it feels incredible. I was down at Drop Deep yesterday, and you know, there was me and Alistair and Trevor Moore, and we were giving out coffees, and we're seeing, you know, Melody's vision come alive and there's people everywhere. And if you don't know what Drop Deep is, it's a, sorry, it's a skateboard uh, competition. We had Melody here about three or four weeks ago. She shared her vision for it to reach skaters in this city because her son was a skater. And she was down there and she was seeing the culture that was being birthed, the culture that he was rubbing himself up with. And she was concerned and God said, go down there and start just hanging down there with the kids. She's a 38-year-old mum with four kids, knew nothing about skating, she's down at the skate park. They told her to F off. Get the F out of here, Christian. They even told that to her on Saturday as well. But I'm down there, we're down there, and we turn up with our coffee machine, and there's about 200 people down there. Man, I'm seeing some tricks that guys my age are doing. I'm like, I thought these guys were like 20. There was 45-year-old skaters down there doing some flash things. I thought, feel old (laughs) but I'm seeing this love manifest itself in all the opposition just this love and there was equippers, there was us she was outstanding so if you if you gave to that if you've given that in prayer she was blown away by the support that the rock gave her financially as well as just ringing her up and offering to help so man, uses me, I'm like, ah, that's what we're about. But here's this love, and I'm seeing the body of Christ come together and serve, and it's selfless. You know, at the same time, though, man, it's awesome. It's not like hard. It's not like you go, oh, this is a real dream. You come alive. At the giving and the laying down of one's life, you come alive. It's the start of coming alive while we continue to try and hold on and hang on to and direct and control, it's the death. There's no life in it. This is what Jesus said. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Listen to these words. Yet not as I will, but as you will. My Father, if it is possible, Let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. See, in the valley of decision, Jesus Christ himself is faced with a decision where his humanity raises up and he asks his father, if there's any other way I can actually get out of what I'm about to do, is there a way? If there's not, I will still go through with it. He chooses to put on faith, he chooses to put on obedience. He chooses to put on love and he goes to the cross. I don't reckon he felt like going the cross in the sense of, gee, this is a feel-good factor moment right now in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says he is sweating and it's so extreme that it's like blood coming down. He's in He's not anxious, but there's an anguish in his heart. If there is another way, but your will be done. There are times when you won't have the feelings to love the person behind you, beside you. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to do his will. I'm going to put it on. And then I'm going to watch and allow the feelings to come as I put it on. I don't feel like, coming this particular Sunday but I'm going to put it on and I'm going to place myself in an environment called here called Life Group, called Mountain Movers called wherever and I'm going to put that on to experience this life but I won't experience the life until I put it on and I love this is what he says he says my father this cannot pass away unless I drink it your will be done. This is where true Christianity is lived out. It's in these times of tension that the kingdom wineskin will either be formed in you or not, depending on our decisions. I'll just read one more scripture. Come with me to Numbers 22. I'm going to give you another example of this love that is sacrificial in nature and selfless and it 's an interesting story about a, a guy called Balaam or Balaam and a donkey you the donkey. Man against beast. It's funny who models kingdom in this. Okay, uh, Numbers twenty-two, twenty-two, the angel and Balaam, Balaam. But God was angry because he was going, which is Balaam. God told him not to go. He decided he was going to go, and we're going to talk about this a bit later on. Some other things, uh, because he was going, and the agent Lord. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. I'll read it again. But God was angry because he was going. And the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. Now he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, the donkey turned off from the way and went into the field. It's funny how the donkey can see the angel, but he can't. But Balaam struck the donkey to turn her back into the way. Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path of the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. Verse 25, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed herself to the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. The angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn to the right hand or the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam was angry and struck the donkey with his stick. And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? Then Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have made a mockery of me, if there had been a sword in my hand, I would have killed you by now. The donkey said to Balaam, "And Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life to this day? Have I ever been accustomed to do so to you? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand, and he bowed all the way to the ground. The angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come as an adversary, because your way was contrary to me. But the donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, I would surely have killed you just now and let her live. So, you'll know that your love, this authentic love that I'm talking about, is growing, is maturing in you when you are prepared to make decisions based on faith, based on obedience to the Father. Sometimes confronting some people in love. See, the donkey here can see. The donkey here, and I'm going to unpack this way more in this passage than that's time for today. But the donkey is a typology of something. And Balaam's a typology of something. And the donkey can see some things that Balaam can't see. And the donkey lays its life down for Balaam. It's getting whipped. It's getting beaten. In fact, Balaam says, you know, I've had a sword. I would have killed you by now. Hold on a minute. The donkey sees the angel. The donkey moves over for love for Balaam. The donkey goes on its side out of love for Balaam. Trying to bring Balaam back on track. But the donkey's being persecuted for loving Balaam. You'll know the love of the Father is maturing in your own heart when you start putting love on, when you start loving what you may be perceived as unlovable, when that can be closest beside you. Once again, easy to love something we have a natural motivation for in our heart, and that's right. But, there's a greater work that God is doing within us, where love that we put on requires faith and obedience, because I don't believe Jesus felt like going on the cross that day. I don't believe the donkey felt like getting something kicked out of it. But it continued to, and it continued to move forward because of love. Love motivates, not your will, sorry, not my will, your will. And it's love that is formed within a heart. And then there's times when it's not there, maybe that God says, you know what? It's going to be formed now through this act. You see, as you and I love one another, we are being prepared. As you and I actually love one another and put on love, something in us is happening which is preparing us for a wedding day. Well, you will love him with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. You'll know my followers, you'll know my church by the way they love one another. So he actually creates these multiple environments that this love can be formed. What an awesome loving God. He gives you everything in me, everything we need to appropriate what he expects. You hear that? That's why there are no excuses. God doesn't hang the carrot out there and go, He doesn't say things like, you can do greater things than I, and go, ha, no you can't, got you going though. He has an expectation that the church will fulfill something because it's his purpose, it's his macro plan. And he gives the church everything the church needs to fulfill that plan. So he gives us a one-on-one relationship where he says, I love you unconditionally, this grace that I have will empower the transformation. Not just the acknowledgement of me as your Saviour, but the acknowledgement of your Saviour, your Father, your Lord, the transformation. Then he gives you this environment called marriage. He says, right, I'm going to give them multiple environments, so I'm going to give them marriage. And we've talked about this. See, so many of us, or so much of the, the, the world and the church, think marriage is an end in itself. Marriage is a means towards a greater end in the church. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves. Wives, submit. Formation, the two become one. It's an environment for love to be formed. What? This feeling love? No, this love is agape, unconditional love, which is Christ's love in us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then he gives you children. (laughs) all those with kids' laugh. Gives you kids. Now there's this reflection you're starting to see of your children having this love and putting on this love when, you know, I don't want to do that. I hate you, Dad. I love you. I want to do this. I know you do, but that'll be dangerous for you. and You'll get hurt, so I'm going to say no to that. And you're hoping that child's going to grow and mature to be able to make decisions of maturity. So he gives us this one-on-one. He gives us this marriage covenant environment where this work can be outworked within you. Then he gives us children. Then he gives us a life group. Let me model this for you. I'll come down. I'll pick 12 men one is going to actually what betray me but i'm leaving him in here to show you something as well i'm leaving it in the game to show you something because i want something outworked through the church and i'm going to walk with these men for about three and a half years this is the strategy to reach the world wasn't to have multiple big campaigns it wasn't to have conferences it wasn't to have it was to pick 12 men walk with 12 men for three and a half years and then when it appropriated have some meetings or some healing some people on a mountaintop but the core essence of the environment that jesus had was let me take 12 men and walk with them and impart what's happening in that environment let's burn the villages down what a great idea from heaven. Got a bit more love to do here, Father. Got a bit more work to do in the hearts of these men. You're gonna, you're, I'm going to run with you. I'll lay my life down with you. Get behind me, man. Come on, this thinking is of the kingdom of darkness. I asked you to love one another. I didn't ask you to come with me and lay your life down. You can't do that. You're going to do it at a point when this thing is formed in you and then you'll choose it because it'll be in you. But right now you can't do it because it's not in you. So I give you this other environment and these environments for it to happen. He's beautiful. It's so incredibly not my thinking. Right, then he gives us this. There's one way, it's multiple. I'll give you this. Give you this thing called a 70 or whatever. How many people come the wrong? See if love can now be outworked. And then he gives us the world. He says, go. Go into the world with this love formed in you, allowing that love now to define this commission. Because I'm the one defining it. Because you truly are submitted to me. And this love is within you. You see, that's the bridal posture. He's coming back for a bride that is equal. He walks down, if there's an aisle, I don't know, (laughs) whatever he comes, when he comes, probably won't be an aisle. He's looking for his bride, a people who love like him, that appropriate like him, the manifold wisdom of God. It activates something in the heavenlies. I believe it activates the coming of Christ. And the challenge is for us, is will we actually appropriate it? The invitation is there. He says, come on. I've given you one another. I've given you my son. I've given you my Holy Spirit. I've given you my word. Let go of all your dreams and all your desires and everything you want. Seek first my kingdom and I'll align those things because I know you need them, but you'll be the right way around and you won't be controlled by them anymore. And my glory will manifest itself through you as my bride. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing here. Give the music, guys, that'd be great. And Lord, I I pray, Father, as we continue to journey forward and as we continue to to speak forth and declare the fullness of what you're doing on the earth, I pray right now by faith that everyone here would receive boldness, would receive faith, would receive courage, would receive strength, would receive, receive peace, would receive your joy, would receive your resurrected life and power to live this reality out, Father. Lord, I pray as we walk together, because this is a journey of life, guys. This is a whole lifetime journey. God is looking right now for the church to appropriate something in this time and history. And so, Father, I pray that we would be a community of people, and we are, that is committing ourselves, Lord, committing by faith and obedience, because that's Those are the elements that eradicate self, Lord, to move forward together and to be part of what you're doing on the earth, Lord. Not only for now, but for a future reality. I thank you for the heart posture of people. I thank you as we continue to move forward for the transformation and the changes that are happening and the stories that are coming forth, Lord, of the life and the freedom of the grace, of the understanding of Father and the purposes for your church. Build her, Father. Build her by your pattern. Build her by your way. Thank you, God, that we will fly as eagles underneath your wing. Because this is our desire. Lord, our desire to know you to know you intimately and from that posture move forward to love others and to love a world that so desperately needs to see and experience your love and man it is a privilege and an honour to be able to be part of that with you I don't have to I get to. If you led to stand, I'd just invite you to stand. If you don't, that's cool as well. i just got to do invite us just in this moment we just have now. Is just allow the Father to just speak to you. I believe the Holy Spirit has been speaking since I started to speak. And we'll continue to speak. And if you see something, just write it down. Just meditate on that as you go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.